You're listening to Inside the Village, where all news is local and no topic is off limits. So help me, Bob, it's bully in the alley. Back for another episode of Inside the Village across the Village Media Network. I'm Scott Sexsmith alongside Michael Friscalani, our Editor-in-Chief here at Village. Derek Turner, Executive Producer, is uh, in the room. Good to have you back. You had a couple of days off. We're a little late uh, this week, uh, but nonetheless, we're here and I'm uh, I'm excited about today's show. We made it. We did make it. Here's what I'm also excited about, and, and this is a little behind-the-scenes you know, snippet, a little peek behind the ITV curtain, if you will. Now, people think that you, you know, you, you and I spend, you know, all day, every day together because we do the show. However, that is not true. In fact, the only quality time that you and I get is down here down once here. a week. That's true. For an hour or so each week. And the best part of it is before the cameras are rolling and the mics are turned on and the lights are turned down low, <laughs> you give Derek and I a bit of insight into some of the great stories that you're working on. It's fun. It's like a story idea meeting. We come down here and you say, how are things going? And I end up yeah. talking to you about what crazy cracker story that we're working on. Um, and there's always good ones in the works. And uh, we get talking to you about how certain stories came together, which, which you know, you're, you're behind the scenes segment explores that all the time, right? Which is uh, getting reporters on to... Because people think, well, this story just appears in my news feed out of nowhere. It just is yeah. there. But no, there's a ton of work that goes into these stories. And sometimes it's... It's many days and weeks of work that go into the stories. Well, and that's what I was going to say. It's not like you just sit down at your laptop and decide no. to bang out a story. Sometimes, you know, it, it, it is a lengthy process. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of the Village Media sites. And, you know, like I've been here a couple of years now, right? And I think I've had a big learning curve myself. Mm -hmm. And there's there's kind of all different kinds of stories. And sometimes we do have a story like we've had breaking news all over our sites today that we get up within minutes. We want that story out there. But we also have stories that have taken many days and weeks in some cases to cobble together the information and get it out there. And so readers, you know, for you know fault of their own, they wouldn't necessarily understand how that works or just know, know, know that that's the way it happens. And so, yeah, I always enjoy sitting down here and uh, kind of puts a smile on my face. It also gets like a sounding board for me because I can explain to you what we're working on and if it doesn't make sense, you'll say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, you want a layperson's perspective. And if Derek and I are anything, uh, we would be that. Right? Oh, don't, don't sell yourself short. Well, <laughs> At least not Derek. Don't sell Derek so short. <laughs> That's, I shouldn't have put him in the same bucket as me. That was, Derek, I apologize. That was uncalled for. Uh, okay, big show today. We're going to talk about uh, auto theft yes. uh, across the country. It is a huge topic right now. The numbers are astounding. Uh, Brian Gast, a former OPP officer and now an expert in that field, is going to join us. But before we do that, as always, let's uh, get to the first word to Frisco. Uh, and the biggest story, I think, right now, uh, for us, certainly, uh, Oakville News and a relaunch uh, to a brand new free news site. Yeah, coming. very excited about it. I think we mentioned it a few weeks back mm. on our show. Uh, we've been doing a lot of expansion in the Burlington, Hamilton area. And now Oakville, we've purchased Oakville News, which was an independent online news site. Um, we're getting it ready for a relaunch. So it's going to look like our sites and feel like all our other sites. It's going to keep the name Oakville News, um, but it's no longer going to be a subscription-based site. It's going to be free for everybody. Uh, obviously, you can contribute to local journalism if you, if you feel inclined to do yep. so. But it's going to be joining our site, nearby sites in Burlington, Halton Hills, Flamborough. And uh, it's super exciting. And I know that Mike Purvis, the managing editor here, has been working with the team over there in Oakville. And uh, I think they're probably a little bit nervous, but uh, excited at the same time. And uh, I'm really hopeful. And I'm, I'm, I know for sure the readers in Oakville are going to benefit from it. All right. Look forward to that. Uh, this past Saturday was the uh, Random Acts of Kindness Day. And, of course, Random Acts of Kindness uh, seem to happen 
almost every day here across the uh, Village Media Network. Yeah, well, I guess, well, I know, I guess I know. We have a program called the Random Acts of Kindness Program, and it's something that uh, I saw when I first came here. And it's expanded to, it started in the Sioux, and it's in so many other markets. I'm not going to name them all right, but Sudbury, Stratford, Barrie, Aurelia. And it's basically an opportunity for people to nominate good people in the community right. who deserve a little something special, mm-hmm. right? And And you would know better than I would too, but, you know, we've given away – a car in some cases. We've, we've two, done, I think. Two, Derek I think. Yeah, said, yeah. But we've, you know, gift cards to people, sporting equipment for good causes. And uh, we su- just surprise these people and say, hey, we're, we're, we understand that you're doing great work in your community. So Saturday was Random Acts of Kindness Day. So we kind of ran a piece across those websites, kind of a, a reminder about uh, what we do. And, you know, that's the... That's the fun thing about working at Village. We definitely care about the journalism we do and do strong journalism, but we're also really involved in our communities and, and try to be um, really uh, ingrained in our communities and, and, and trying to trying to shine a light on people doing great things and rewarding them for that. Yeah, good stuff. I, uh, it was a great piece. I actually read it on uh, subbury.com. There you uh, go. Yeah, terrific piece. Okay, finally, uh, as we wrap up the uh, first word to Frisco, a wild story out of Sault Ste. Marie involving a guy that in 2022 wanted to be mayor and now he's been charged with a count of felony murder in California. In California, yeah. This is, and this is, we talk about how news comes together. Mm-hmm. This, over the Family Day weekend, we received a tip. There was a news report in LA um, citing, saying, citing a police, the police saying that a Canadian had been arrested for murder and that they had found the body, a badly decomposed body mm-hmm. of a woman in an RV, and that this uh, person had allegedly confessed to this killing. We were told and we confirmed it that the Canadian man in the article was a person from Sault Ste. Marie uh, named Jeff Primo. And when we searched for him, uh, popped up right away was David Helwig actually did a story about him back in 2022 because he had tried to run for mayor but put his nomination for him in on the final day and was two signatures short of getting his nomination. So – and, you know – kind of eerie foreshadowing. He talked about how next year, next time I'm going to make sure I get it in on the first day, not the last day. Uh, you know, these are all allegations. Nothing's been tested in court. Right. But obviously, the community has asked a ton of questions. A lot of people knew him and uh, and a lot of details are not out there yet. We, we Like I said, we've confirmed that he's she's charged with murder in Los Angeles. Uh, he's the trial has obviously not begun yet. A lot, to, a lot of unanswered questions, and so we'll be covering this, and uh, we're going to keep covering it as it unfolds. And as we sit here taping today, we still don't know who the woman is. No, the police have not identified the victim. Um, you know, his social media, uh, his Facebook page was kind of chronicling his RV journey across right, the United yeah. States, and there is a woman that's in a lot of these um, videos and posts. Uh, we didn't name her because we don't know. If that she's the victim, we're not sure at this point. And uh, what was really eerie for me was this is a guy who was posting multiple times a day. And then around the end of November, when he's alleged alleged to have committed this crime, it goes dark. His right. Facebook page goes dark yeah. until January 1st when I think he posts something like lucky to be alive or I'm still alive. And then that was kind of his last public post um, before he uh, allegedly turned himself in in early February. So, yeah, one of those, uh, again, talking about the way news unfolds, we got the tip on the Sunday of Family Day weekend, and by Family Day Monday morning, the story was out, and we had it confirmed, and uh, Alex Flood did a you know, solid job in covering that story, and he's going to keep yeah. covering it. All right, good stuff. Okay, uh, on today's show, we're going to talk uh, auto thefts, um, and this is a problem that is just running rampant all across Canada. Uh, Brian Gast uh, uh, from the OPP, former OPP officer, uh, is going to join us uh, with his expertise. But I'll tell you, I was watching some uh, videos uh, online today of how these car thieves do it, 
and how fast they do it. And it's mind-blowing to me. It's crazy. And I'm not really immersed in it. I don't really understand. Obviously, I know it's a massive problem. So I'm really excited to talk to Brian about this. All right. Brian Gast will join us next when Inside the Village returns right after this. Reporters, editors, and journalists who go the extra mile to get the story and get it right. Go behind the scenes with those who cover the stories that matter most to you and your community. Look for it in the Village Features section of your favorite Village Media website across Ontario. When you need a mortgage, the right choice can really save you money and stress. With True North Mortgage, you'll get your best rate, better options, and timely advice to help you save thousands. Bring home your best mortgage today with experts you can trust. Back on Inside the Village with Michael Friscalanti, Editor-in-Chief here at Village Media. I'm Scott Sexsmith. We're very pleased to be joined uh, on the road uh, by uh, Brian Gast. Brian is a, a former OPP officer and now an expert on auto thefts and vice president of uh, investigative services with Equite Association. Uh, Brian, uh, we're going to talk uh, car thieves. It's very fitting that you would be calling uh, in from your car today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, lots to uh, talk about uh, today, Brian. Uh, let's start with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Back in 2022, vehicle theft claims paid out exceeded $1.2 billion for the first time ever. Why has this situation gotten so bad and seemingly continues to escalate? Yeah, I mean, that's a big number. And of that $1.2 billion, that's national. Ontario represented uh, over $700 million of that. So, uh significant problem it's one that we've seen escalating since uh, for the last six or seven years but nothing like it started to spike after the pandemic the pandemic uh really with the supply chain issues vehicles hard to get uh, get uh, organized crime has entered into the space even more than they were before using the vehicle as a commodity uh, making money profiting from the sale uh, the theft and then the ultimate sale of these vehicles and uh, it's extremely lucrative for them. So really, the last three or four years, we're starting to see significant spikes. Yeah, and is, is that really what it is? Because we've seen car thefts forever. Ever since there were cars, there were people stealing cars. But really, it's just that the money's so good now and the opportunities there. Yeah, there's many reasons to steal cars. I mean, everything from a joyride to using the vehicle as another a crime vehicle to commit another crime. Um, using it as a chop, stealing it, chopping up its parts. Uh, stealing the vehicle, revenging it, uh, organized crime, using the vehicle itself. And then the biggest bucket, what we're seeing the most, especially in Ontario and Quebec, is vehicles that are being stolen specifically for export. So there's a targeted group of vehicles that uh, there's a there's a, a demand for from their buyers overseas. And uh, really, it's the vehicles on our top 10 list are, are really the ones that are at risk the most. All vehicles are at risk, but those are the vehicles that are being stolen in record numbers and uh, largely being exported. Can you walk us through that a bit, Brian? That's always kind of fascinating. I mean, this is dumb question number one. If I'm a car <laughs> thief and I've stolen this high demand car, where am I taking it so that it eventually gets overseas? Yeah, and when I talk about organized crime, it might not be your traditional organized crime, what you might envision, but um, it's really multiple people working to get that together to work, uh, commit crimes. And they are very sophisticated. They have very significant networks, everything from the scout that's looking for the vehicle, this, the criminal that has the technology and the ability to seal the vehicle, 
And then the groups that are able to take that vehicle, and I'm not, I'm talking about exports now, mm-hmm. the vehicles uh, to a, a location to containerize and get them to the exit points of Canada, which is generally primarily would be the Port of Montreal, as well as other destinations and, and exit points as well. And then you have the groups that are receiving the vehicle and then either using the vehicle overseas or selling the vehicles and putting it into the market uh, in other countries. So it's very, very sophisticated. It's uh, They are very well connected. And uh, there, there's uh, multiple groups that are doing this. Wow. Brian, I want to talk for a second, if we can, about uh, technology, and, and you just alluded to it. Uh, gone are the days of using a coat hanger uh, to get into a, a vehicle to pop the lock. In fact, I was watching a couple of videos uh, preparing for our chat today uh, and saw one thief with a what looked like a, a giant antenna up against a house front door, uh, full well knowing or assuming that the key fob is on the other side, and, and it somehow transmits all of that data and boom, just like that, they, they gain access to, uh, uh, to the vehicle that they, they so desire. How has that technology changed? It has changed. And you're absolutely right. Early in my policing career, the method of theft and the method of choice by criminals was essentially a screwdriver. Break the steering <laughs> column, crank the, crank the uh, ignition, and uh, off you go. 2007. Transport Canada mandated all vehicles manufactured and sold in Canada have an immobilizer. So that changed things. You couldn't do that that uh, that initial method of theft. And then now criminals, you're absolutely right. It's really evolved in their ability to steal vehicles. Unfortunately, that standard hasn't uh, been modernized since. But uh, criminals have definitely have sophisticated methods to bypass the uh, immobilizer system that's currently uh, mandated. And you're right, they're using technology. So you talk, that example right there would be the relay attack. They're trying to capture that radio frequency between the, the key fob and the vehicle to be able to trick the vehicle into thinking that the key fob is closer than it is and uh, actually giving the command to start the vehicle and then reprogramming thefts. And I always try not to give a how-to guide to steal vehicles, but I think it's important to <laughs> uh, for people to recognize uh what methods are out there so they can protect themselves so the other one would be the onboard diagnostic port its intended purpose is when you have a problem with your vehicle you take it into the mechanic they plug their computer into it do a diagnostic check and determine what's wrong criminals are plugging into that same port and uh, reprogramming key fobs and uh that that's a significant one so there's i know i'm sure we'll get to it but there's ways to minimize your risk uh, especially with those two I definitely want to get to that. But before that, how long does this all take, those two methods, Brian? Are we talking seconds, minutes? Yeah, so there's minutes. Uh, I mean, there's there, there's methods that take uh, 15 to 20 seconds, uh, start to finish. Uh, depends on uh, their equipment, their experience, and their uh, their ability, and the tools that they have. So that's, uh, that's the scary part. It, it, what used to happen, say, at 2 and 5 in the morning uh, in the quiet and the darkness of night, uh, they had a little bit more time to to work on it. They are so proficient at it now that it's happening in broad daylight in busy parking lots. Uh, they're so quick. They're so good at it that uh, they're stealing the vehicles from all types of locations and uh, all time or all times throughout the day and night. It's unbelievable. You mentioned the top ten list. What are some of the the most highly sought after cars that thieves are going after. Yeah. So if you look at, I mean, yeah, look at it regionally. If uh, in Ontario, it's all SUVs, pickup trucks, uh, all newer model, uh, luxury, luxury autos, sedans. 
And what's unique about and common amongst all of those in our top 10 is they're all the vulnerability of that uh, keyless entry, keyless ignition, push to start uh, uh, ignition system. Uh, with conveniences come vulnerabilities. So we have everything from the Toyota uh, Lexus or Toyota Lexus uh, Land Rover. Those are all that, that are on our top 10 list, uh, CRV. Uh, but, but the commonality is newer model and, uh, and uh, SUVs and pickup trucks primarily. Conversely, if you look out west, Vehicles are still being stolen. Like per capita, there's more vehicles being stolen in Alberta than uh, in Ontario and Quebec. But uh, again, thefts are different. Uh, the reason of theft is primarily used to commit other offenses. But now we're starting to see a, a shift in, in that uh, type of theft as well. Brian, uh, the feds recently announced uh, funding to the tune of about $121 million uh, to assist Ontario police to crack down on uh, these thefts. It's a big number, but is it enough? It's a it's a great number, and uh, it's it, it's great to see many police services just because of pure um, capacity and uh, competing priorities <laughs> don't have dedicated auto theft units. Peel Regional Police and York Regional Police were the only two uh, le- that were left standing. But net, with that announcement, uh, the province the province of Ontario now have a provincial auto theft unit, which is great. Uh, what's also significant about that is the uh, dedicated prosecutors that are attached to that unit. So not just going after the simple theft and possession charges, but going after the organized crime that because uh, this is not a victimless crime. This is uh, these are serious offenses. Uh, it's clear that uh, these organized crime groups are profiting and uh, they're, they're financially motivated crimes are funding their criminal operations, whether it's drugs, firearms or whatever the case may be. So it, it's a great to step forward. Uh, when it comes to law enforcement. And the other thing I'll say is I've never seen the collaboration and cooperation uh, between all police services uh, and and private public partnerships that I have been in the last uh, six to eight months, not only within Ontario, but in, including Quebec and other provinces uh, throughout the country. So it is uh, it is going to take multiple stakeholders to to uh, beat this crisis, uh, as well as I, I can't say enough about our international partners that uh, we learn from and work with uh, to uh, not only identify trends and patterns, but to repatriate some of these vehicles back to Canada. What would success look like, say, three years from now, after all this funding and these new units? What would be success in your eyes? I think success is really dictated by the number of vehicles that are stolen. Uh, I think that's the, the best gauge as to uh, how we're doing. Uh, cause I can say over the last six to seven years, uh, that trend, that graph has been going up and then spiked in the last three to four years, uh, three years. So if we can flatline that and have a, a downward trend, uh, that's where we're starting to see a difference. And, uh, right now Canada is being targeted. Uh, we work with Interpol and, uh, many countries are stealing vehicles, uh, from North America, including Canada. And, uh, we're trying to change that. Okay, uh, Brian, let's uh, talk an ounce of prevention. What more can we as consumers be doing? Obviously, it uh, it extends beyond making sure that your vehicle is locked each night. Yeah, no, and good question. And I think that public awareness piece is very important. And thank you for getting this message out. We call it a layered approach. You don't have to do it all, but what you want to do is slow down the criminal. You want to make it your vehicle less of a target, harder to steal. So if you have the luxury and the ability to park in a garage, that's always a great thing. Park in a well-lit area. Lock your vehicle with another vehicle that's not as prone to uh, vehicle theft. Using an aftermarket immobilizer, using an aftermarket tracking device, use a steering wheel lock, 
using a pedal lock, using an onboard diagnostic port lock, using a Faraday pouch or something that protects the radio frequency from being captured. Uh, again, you don't have to do them all, but if you can do a f- two or three of those, it really does diminish and make your vehicle harder to steal. I think it was Premier uh, Doug Ford the other day and during one of these announcements said, we're coming after you. He sent a direct message to car thieves. How much do you think they're listening with all that's been happening the last couple of weeks with these announcements? Well, I hope they're, I hope they are listening because I know from when talking to our international partners, they are seeing what Canada is doing uh, federally and provincially. Uh, they know law enforcement is definitely engaged. And uh, I hope they are receiving the message that uh, what they got away with in the past isn't going to be as easy for them in the future. And they'll think twice about targeting our Canadian vehicles and uh, and then the consequences that will go with that, especially the organized crime groups. Uh, Brian, before we let you go, anything else that we didn't talk about uh, that maybe you wanted to uh, surface before we let you go? No, I think it's great. I think awareness. I don't think any one organization is going to be successful. We're pushing for um, um, all sectors to step up. And that was what was very, very excellent about the, the summit. Everybody came. I was fortunate to, to be there. Uh, everybody came to the table uh, talking about the problem, what the solutions were. And it was more than just talk. It was actually for uh, putting actual a framework together, concrete plans to to curb this. So, um, and we're seeing evidence with that, with uh, these uh, announcements that have been ma- being made. And uh, again, we work with law enforcement every day, and uh, it's great to see the initiatives and uh, uh, making the vehicles harder to steal. Uh, and then going after the organized crime groups responsible. Uh, I think we're on the right road. All right, good stuff, Brian Gast. Vice President of Investigative Services with Equite Association. Brian, appreciate your uh, time uh, this afternoon. Uh, Have a safe drive. Thank you very much. Have a good afternoon. When you need a mortgage, the right choice can really save you money and stress. With True North Mortgage, you'll get your best rate, better options, and timely advice to help you save thousands. Bring home your best mortgage today with experts you can trust. Reporters, editors, and journalists who go the extra mile to get the story and get it right. Go behind the scenes with those who cover the stories that matter most to you and your community. Look for it in the Village Features section of your favorite Village Media website across Ontario. Back to wrap on another episode of Inside the Village. Brian Gast, great guest. How ironic that we're talking about people stealing cars. And I think he's the first guest ever to call in from his car. At least we think it was his car. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Derek Turner with the line of the show. Yeah, yeah, that's right. (laughs) It's a good point, though. We're not sure that it was his car. I actually found myself looking around in the the rearview window to see, like, is someone going to be poking around, like... Looking to steal that car? It looked like a nice car. Was it a Lexus? Was it a Land Rover? I didn't want to ask. I didn't want to say, like, you know, you know, he works hard if he has a nice car. He know. deserves I'm it. I'm sure he knows how to protect his car from being stolen, although we probably should have asked him if his car has ever been stolen. It would have been a relevant question. Yeah. Uh, just amazing, though, the uh, the stats and and the technology and the tricks. And, and, and you almost want to say the skilled trades that they use now. <laughs> To steal these vehicles, it's wild. I know. The way you described it to you, like I hadn't seen the, like I'm not an expert in this. And yeah. What you described, it was jaw-dropping, like the way they could do that, right? Uh, and I just <laughs> think to myself, you must have other 
marketable skills if you can do this. Like, like go be an electrician or something. <laughs> you know, I remember years ago locking my keys uh, in my view. We've all done it. And, and I've, never, you, I've never done it. You've that. never done it? No. All right. Most of us have done it. Frisco aside. And using a coat hanger to, to try and get around, you know, to, to pop yeah. the lock. Yeah. Oh, my God. I do remember my dad doing that a couple of times. He locked his key in the car. I scratched the window. Yeah. I mean, it took probably 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And, and these guys are doing this in seconds. I know. It's crazy. But I still am fascinated by it, you know. And, again, you, you're, you're going off, you know, TV shows and legends of organized crime, right? But so these lower-level guys, they boost the car. They take it. They drive it somewhere, like a shop, undercover, under the cover of somewhere, yep. right? And then it just gets driven down to the port and someone turns a blind eye as these these carts get loaded with what everyone around knows are stolen cars. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Montreal has a, a, a large organized crime presence. So sure. there's definitely some organized crime elements at work there to get these these carts, uh, these crates full of cars, mm-hmm. which we know from lots of news reports that these, they end up overseas. Yep. And uh, they've been found over there, you know. The, in West Africa. In West Africa. Yeah, with, with the insurance documents and everything. Ownership just, right Just here. in the glove yeah. compartment, yeah. right? So, yeah, it's uh, – and, you know, and I, I forgot to mention, but Patrick Kane at the Trillium uh, did a great piece did, a couple yeah. weeks ago about crunching numbers that the Ministry of Transport had given him about cars that had been written off, I believe it was, at the mm-hmm. insurance company. And it was like 50 cars a day that were stolen, it's right? Crazy. And, uh, and And how the numbers broke down. It's It's crazy. And – you know, I think he's right. It's not a victimless crime. There are victims in this crime, yep. and it's easy to say, well, it's just property crime. Um, but, you know, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see in three years if this kind of funding and this effort they're putting into is going to make a difference. Yeah, these thieves have uh, come a long way since the days of just stealing catalytic converters. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Uh, that's it uh, for this week's uh, episode of Inside the Village. ITV at villagemedia.ca if you'd like to reach out. Uh, of course, uh, every single episode that we have done as we are now well into season three can be found at insidethevillage.ca, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and of course, across the Village Media network for Derek Turner, executive producer of the show, uh, Michael Friscalanti, editor-in-chief here at Village Media. I'm Scott Sexsmith. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Inside the Village. Frisco and Scott's wardrobe provided in part by Moore's Sault Ste. Marie.